This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, another Friday night dump by Elon Musk. And boy, there are some big bombshells that just came out a few hours ago, and they're pretty stunning. They always have said, basically, Twitter, that it was because of January 6th and some of the comments that President Trump made on January 6th, if you will, as their justification for the first time to ban the President of the United States on Twitter. A historic move, an unprecedented move, a move that certainly hurt President Trump. Well, now the plot thickens, and Elon Musk, I think, dropped some enormous bombshells tonight, basically showing that it was a concerted effort by Twitter with direct contact with people with the FBI on regular meetings and also Democrats with regular meetings, and that it wasn't necessarily January 6th that really caused him to be banned, that it was an overall displeasure with the president And it was basically the context, as they describe in several of these emails, that actually caused them to, quote, suspend, to basically shadow ban him, to suppress his information. And guess when they were doing it? Before the election of 2020. That, to me, is so absolutely damning. And boy, does it look bad for everybody at Twitter that signed off on this. They actually made a concerted effort to go after President Trump because they just didn't like him. You could see it in these internal emails that came out tonight. And they are bombshells. They basically show that the mindset of the Twitter employees are, well, you know what? I know we're kind of breaking policy and I know we're, you know, maybe it's not the right thing to do. But guess what? In the context of all the things that President Trump has said in his presidency, We're going to sort of start suppressing it. And we could see in these emails that just came out a little bit ago that basically what they were saying was, you know what, prior to the election, they were having meetings with FBI individuals. They were having discussions with high-level Democrats at the highest levels also back at Twitter. And they were making a concerted effort to basically make sure that a lot of his tweets, and remember, Twitter was a big thing for President Trump, that basically they were saying, we're not going to amplify these tweets. We're going to make sure that nobody can share them. Nobody can like them. Nobody can put a comment on them. Boy, did they try to stifle the 2020 election. And when you hear that, it is outrageous. And you see it all in one direction. It's all towards President Trump. So when he said this on January 6th, 
This really wasn't the reason he got banned. They basically banned him because they just didn't like him. But remember, he said this on January 6th. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Ed, you're hearing tonight peacefully, patriotically. Of course, you didn't hear that from the January 6th committee. But they said everything tied to January 6th was the reason that basically he got banned and that there was no evidence. They also claimed of shadow banning, of suppressing of President Trump. And now tonight we know that that's just not true. They are a bunch of liars, and I think they should all get called in on the carpet. They should get hauled into Congress, and there could be potential criminal charges. Because who could forget this moment? This is Jack Dorsey, who was then the head of Twitter. This is, of course, before Elon Musk bought it recently. He was asked by Congressman Mike Doyle in this exchange. This is 2018, because remember, Trump and his team were saying, look, we're being suppressed. These things are happening. Again, this is before the 2020 election, you guys. This is 2018. And listen to what Dorsey said in this exchange. Uh, Social media is being rigged to censor conservatives. Is that true of Twitter? No. I don't know what Twitter is up to. It sure looks like to me that they're censoring people and they ought to stop it. Uh, Are you censoring people? No. Twitter shadow banning prominent Republicans bad. Is that true? No. Wow. Here is Newt Gingrich reacting to what just looks like, I just think, a bunch of liars all the way around. I don't quite know, for reasonable people, how you get across the idea, these people are just liars. Uh, It's not complicated. They're liars. They lie all the time. They have total contempt for the rest of us. They think they can break the rules and get away with it. Uh, They think they are somehow this elite that's above us and that we're too stupid to know what they're doing. Well, there ought to be a consequence, and we ought to start with simple, old-fashioned language. These people are liars. They ought to be ostracized. They ought to be kicked out of polite society if there is such a thing anymore. But we shouldn't kid ourselves. I don't need any complex explanation when I'm looking at a total liar. So how do you recompense President Trump? How do you recompense the effect that it had on his campaign? Also, by the way, uh, Elon Musk releasing earlier today that there's evidence that Twitter was also intentionally diminishing, suppressing, censoring political campaigns, a variety of political campaigns. What a surprise. They're conservatives. I mean, this trend is disgusting. Talk about trying to influence an election and colluding together using big tech. And there's discussions in writing showing the FBI meeting with blank, 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 clear as day. So this was direct collusion. And how do you make it up to President Trump? What do you do? 1-800-848-9222. And joining us now is someone who knows President Trump well, He, uh, she was a senior advisor and also counselor to President Trump, also has the Jenna Ellis Show podcast, and a great attorney, and great to have you here on the show, Jenna. Thanks so much, Rita. And isn't this just an incredible bombshell uh, report, and it just proves what we have really known all along, which is that uh, government actors inside the deep state were intentionally telling Twitter 
what to suppress, who to suppress, and interfering in our elections and our democracy. Isn't it? It's amazing. Now, let me ask you, why do you think it comes out on a Friday night? You know, with this kind of a bombshell, I would, I'd be releasing it, uh, you know, Monday midday or something like that. Although the rest of the media doesn't seem to care, sadly, but go ahead. Right. And, you know, it's interesting because Elon Musk did this last Friday as well, and he tends to choose the weekends. And maybe because, uh, generally speaking, there's nothing else going on. I mean, we're all in journalism familiar with uh, taking out the Friday night trash, right, and, and burying the stories kind of in Friday night when nobody cares. But this is really the only thing that anyone, certainly on Twitter, uh, is talking about right now. And if the media is really paying attention, this should be the number one story. And this should lead all of the Saturday shows, all of the Sunday shows. Uh, But, of course, even if this dropped on a Monday morning, the mainstream media is going to not care because they're colluding as much as Twitter is. And that's the thing that's stunning. Even some of the other things that he has released, Jenna, you know, other people have not really been like in the mainstream media. A lot of them, oh, it's not really anything new. And we even heard Corinne Jean-Pierre, uh, the press secretary, of course, at the White House for the Biden administration, when she was asked about the first dump, she was like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Give me a break. They know it looks so bad. And what it exposes is that clearly there was this concerted ongoing effort. I mean, some of these emails, especially the ones released tonight, Jenna, they look so bad because they specifically state like meetings with FBI agents, um, specifically saying, you know, oh, gosh, I had another meeting today with them. Um, you know, what should we do about Trump? You know, this isn't really like you could even see them even internally expressing that this isn't their normal policy and that they're kind of flip flopping all over the place and even debating amongst themselves and realizing that it's not the right thing to do. And then one comes back with this response, this Twitter person comes back and says, well, maybe it's not really January 6th. It's maybe just the context of President Trump over his presidency. Like, like how outrageous, you know, they always made it sound like it was January 6th. And I contend that was still not a reason to ban the president. Absolutely not. Um, but then now they're now it's basically exposing that they just didn't like him. And they just did it. I mean, to me, this is how do you how do you how do you make up for what what was an enormous disadvantage to President Trump and conservatives, too? Well, and this is just going along, Rita, with everything else that the left as a whole, whether it's Democrats in office, Democrats at Twitter, Democrats in the DOJ, uh, Democrats in the mainstream media, uh, Democrats anywhere, and the leftists that are simply trying to fabricate violations of the law, violations of Twitter rules, uh, violations that are totally manufactured, and simply get Trump. And that's what these emails evidence and prove that they were simply trying to manufacture a situation that they could remove Trump from the platform. They could slap these Twitter uh, violations against his account, against others who are speaking up conservative opinions like my friend James Woods, uh, like Charlie Kirk, like uh, Dan Bongino, like uh, other prominent conservatives. And I'm sure that um, if we get the release of the full Twitter files accounts, I'm sure that my account will be one uh, that I know was shadow banned, whether it was in the aftermath of 2020 or then moving uh, forward into uh, Biden's administration. And there are so many conservatives 
that have seen this. And now we have the proof. And the frustrating thing here is that the Democrats are still saying, well, so what? Well, the so what here is that you what you just played, Jack Dorsey telling Congress under oath that this wasn't happening when clearly it is. If this was a Republican platform, if this was Jason Miller at Getter, you better believe the Democrats would be saying, put him in jail for perjury. And of course he knew. And they would be making this big, giant federal case out of it. I mean, they made a big, giant federal case out of President Trump's document retention for presidential records of a civil act that hadn't been enforced in decades. I mean, of course they would be making a big deal out of this. And this is a big deal. This is a big deal when you have CEOs of major tech companies testifying in front of Congress, and now we have proof to the contrary. And so federal investigations need to happen, but they need to happen with transparency, with full accountability, and not by people who are Democrats and who are political operatives that want to derive a, an outcome that they prefer. This needs to be in the interest of the American people and genuinely in the interest of justice. But you know what, Jenna, how do you how do you get it back? You know, when you sit there and you think how many people didn't see President Trump's tweets, um, you were working with him. I mean, you were a senior counsel, your attorney at the time, uh, you know, and still are, obviously, but we're with him at that time, you know, on the campaign and everything else. And you sit there and go, wait a minute. Um, How many people like were not able to see um, maybe what he was saying that would have maybe, in, you know, inspired them to vote for him because some of this was going on. One of the tweets they refer to tonight was going on a week before the election. If that's not election uh, interference, I don't know what is. Um, and then the other thing is you think about the Hunter Biden. This comes at the same time that they were suppressing Hunter Biden's story. God forbid uh, that go anywhere. That was being blocked left and right, as we know. Uh, and New York Post couldn't get it anywhere. They were, you know, closing their account. I mean, so much of that was happening at the same time they were suppressing Trump. And you just wonder how many, how much that influenced people's decision. And how could you ever uh, reconstruct that? How do you ever get your, you know, the the value of what that did to your campaign back? Right. Well, in honesty, I don't think that we will ever be made whole as a country for what happened in 2020. I don't think that there is sufficient remedy under the law for this type of election interference, uh, for this type of uh, damage, and for this type of uh, potential and probable crime. I mean, we have uh, federal election laws on the books. Those need to be looked at very seriously and see if any of this runs afoul of those uh, but really in terms of of recompensing President Trump for what happened, the only way constitutionally to remove a sitting president is through the impeachment and removal process. And we know that the Democrats who now have, you know, with Kristen Sinema, of course, now switching to independent, don't have um, even the slight majority uh, in terms of the Senate. But we know that two-thirds of senators are not going to impeach and remove both Biden and Harris. But in a rational, just world. What should happen with the separation of powers as our founders intended it would be for the members of Congress to say that this was such an egregious violation that both Biden and Harris are together impeached and removed and pursuant to Article 2, Section 1.6, which allows for Congress to create law Uh, in a case of removal of a president, then the 25th Amendment and the the succession 
uh, plan for this country should require that an officer, which it would be the Speaker of the House, would be appointed until the next election. And if we have any legitimacy as a country, that is absolutely what should happen uh, for what has gone on and what we know has happened, not just on Twitter, but through all of the other problems surrounding the 2020 election. Yeah, and I want to know also, we still don't know this yet, Jenna, like who actually at the Biden White House was communicating. Um, you know, maybe at some point we're going to see that, uh, you know, it, it goes very high up. It'd be interesting to get the exact specifics. Um, who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe it's uh, some of the names you just mentioned. We don't know. Um, you know, we'll find out. Uh, Jenna Ellis, thank you very much on such a big, busy news night uh, here on the Rita Cosby Show. Really great to get your perspective, Jenna. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rita. Always a pleasure. And continue speaking truth. You are one of the best at it. So it's always a privilege to join you. Thank you. Thank you. You too, my friend. Very, very much. And everybody, when we come back, we are going to take your calls. You heard what Jenna says. Jenna says this is so serious that potentially Biden and Harris should be removed. Uh, that this was such an interference. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. You just heard Jenna Ellis, who was a former Trump senior advisor and counselor to the president, uh, talking about these bombshell emails that just came out a few hours ago that essentially show that Twitter was working in cahoots with the FBI and Democrats, suppressing President Trump online before the election and after the election of 2020. And remember, they testified, no, we're not doing that. Uh, they did obviously admit that they banned them because that was very obvious when they actually did that on January 8th. But they said, we did it because of January 6th. We never had any problems before that. That is such a bunch of hogwash. The emails show that they were making a concerted effort to suppress President Trump. And to me, this is shocking. And it is a violation of so many of the, so many issues tied to the First Amendment. I mean, there's so many issues here that just look definitely unethical, potentially criminal. They may have also lied under oath. And these are big, big, big bombshells. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to, let's go to Rick. Uh, Line five. Rick, your thoughts about this. Hello, beautiful Rita. Thank you, Rick. How are you? What what do you make of this? This is, these are stunning. I'm doing okay. Before I get to my point, I just want to say, I hope it didn't offend you the other night when I said it's the purge baby. Oh, no, 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 no. You're great, Rick. I love when you call. You kidding me? Absolutely. Okay, so since the election is fake and it was, you know, it was rigged, we have a fake president and a fake vice president. They should definitely be removed. And all Biden's executive orders should be reversed. And there was no insurrection on the 6th because they were actually patriots trying to get the country back to where it was supposed to be. And all those prisoners should be released immediately. That's an interesting point. Now, by the way, Rick, uh, President Trump came out recently in an interview and said that if he gets elected again, that he will basically pardon every single one of those folks. Because, I mean, it's outrageous. You think about those guys, some of those guys that are in there for gosh knows how long. 
on much more minor offenses. And yet the guy who beat uh, somebody up with a baseball bat the other day, he's already walking the streets. He's back out again. He's back out on bail. I mean, talk about like just stilted justice. You know, you know, Rick, the thing that's hard to measure is how much of an impact all this had. I mean, it clearly had an impact. There's no doubt, because if you suppress somebody getting their message out, especially campaign time, I mean, that pivotal, that that final week, and especially for Republicans, because they always rely on day of voting. You know, that's where their big, big turnout always comes. And you think about how many people didn't see his messages, maybe didn't think he was tweeting, didn't weren't able to follow up on things with him, maybe didn't think he was as actively engaged. You know, I mean, there are so many things that now make you wonder. And I, I think actually, Rick, I think the sad thing is this is going to be just the tip of the iceberg because I think we're going to find out more. Uh, let's see what happens. Maybe Google, maybe some of these other places, maybe Facebook. I mean, let's see. I don't think it was limited to Twitter. Real quick, Rick, your thoughts. You know what I'm waiting for, Rita? I'm waiting for somebody's tweets back and forth or emails back and forth about the global warming scam and proof that they know it's fake. Yeah, that. by the way, that might be in there, too. Although, uh, I don't know if you saw this today, Rick. Uh, John Kerry thinks we should be paying climate reparations. Climate reparations along with slavery reparations. Is there anything else? Meanwhile, he takes a fancy, fancy jet to the meeting to to reveal it to all of us. We're going to continue with these shocking emails from Elon Musk revealed. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where we honor our great law enforcement and also their families. Boy, uh, police have so many different, different tasks, and they never know what they will be called to help on any given day. Case in point, this is something that happened in Porchester, New York. Uh, quick thinking and teamwork from police officers there saved a man's life. While the officers were on the ground, They kept the distraught man engaged and distracted, and officers inside the building were able to pull him to safety. It happened this week, uh, Wednesday midday, when Porchester police were dispatched to South Main Street of a report of a suspicious man standing on a ledge. The responding officers quickly realized that the man on the ledge was suicidal and threatening to jump. So Officer Pinella, with the assistance of two other officers, were able to maintain a dialogue with the distressed man and keep him distracted from below, while another officer and other ones who were helping him entered into a building It was an empty building. They forced entry there. They made their way up to the floor where the man was threatening to jump. And as the officers on the ground continued chatting with the man, they were able to grab the man on the ledge and physically bring him to safety inside the building just in the nick of time. The man was taken to the hospital by EMS, and the Porchester Police Department said, it is our hope that this individual gets the help that he or she needs. And he said, good job by all. A great example of teamwork at work. Bravo to our great police department and the folks there in Porchester saving this man's life. Um, And what a difficult and emotional situation. And hopefully he will get the help that he does need. 
Meantime, everybody, by the way, to go along with our great Back the Blue segment that we do every night here on the show, the Rita Cosby Show Store has a line of Back the Blue merchandise. So head over to store.ritacosbyonline.com and check out our line of Back the Blue gear. And when you use the promo code RITA15, you will receive 15% off of your order. This makes great gifts. Of course, the holiday season upon us. So what a great, great gift to give. Also, maybe something you want to buy yourself, too, because how proud we all are of our men and women in blue. So everybody, remember, go to store.ritacosbyonline.com, store.ritacosbyonline.com. And most importantly, back our great men and women in blue. Well, we are talking about the big bombshells, of course, that came out just a few hours ago. It is called Twitter Files 3. This is the third big dump by Elon Musk showing internal communications at Twitter. And remember, Twitter kept saying, well, you know, President Trump should be removed and um, we haven't really done anything to hurt him in the past. But we feel like now we're going to take this unprecedented step and we're going to ban him the first time ever the president and the leader of the free world uh, has ever been banned on a social media platform. And we're going to do it because of his behavior on January 6th. And they say, what, comments like this were reason to ban him? Remember this one? We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. Yeah, go home in peace. You know, Liz Cheney somehow left out the go home in peace part when she was doing the January 6th committee hearings. And they're still talking about doing a criminal referral against President Trump. But now we are learning tonight that there was an enormous coordination going on between the FBI, a number of different agents there, and senior Twitter employees. And what it basically shows is, remember, Twitter executives said, no, we're not suppressing anybody. No, we have nothing, you know, about the president's agenda that doesn't, you know, that we don't like. Uh, there's nothing about any politics coming into play. It's just a strict policy. Yeah, right. That's why they have the Ayatollah of Iran still on Twitter, who's talking death to America and death to Israel. Oh, but that's okay. But boy, President Trump is a threat to the world, right? Give me a break. But anyway, here is Howie Kurtz, of course, media critic on Fox, saying, you know what? The Twitter execs are full of it. This shows beyond the scintilla of a doubt that Twitter executives under the previous management were lying. I believe the technical term is a crock when they said, oh, we don't target conservatives. Oh, we don't uh, shadow ban. And we certainly don't do it for reasons of ideology. It was all about ideology. And also they would just decide what they would think, according to this liberal company, was misinformation, which may just mean not in accordance with their left-leaning worldview. And then you'd be in for trouble. People couldn't find your name. You couldn't get on trending topics and all that. And finally, uh, Barry Weiss, as you say, did a very good job, uh, quotes a couple of Twitter staffers as saying, we control the amplification of your content and normal people don't know it. We were all played for dummies. Yeah, now it turns out in the last few hours they were doing it to President Trump's tweet while he was president of the United States. So it couldn't be amplified. So people couldn't see it. It wasn't being shared. People were following him, couldn't see it. A lot of times it was shadow banned. They couldn't share it. They couldn't like it. 
They couldn't do anything. So it was just sort of stagnant sitting there. And you think about the whole idea of Twitter is it gets amplified. It gets shared. People share a tweet and then somebody else shares the tweet and then somebody else shares the tweet. And you know when President Trump was on there making comments, whatever it was, even a small little thing, it was like wildfire all the time. And suddenly it started stopping. And Twitter claimed, oh, no, 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 we're not suppressing him. We're not doing that. It turns out they were doing it as close as one week to the election of 2020. That, to me, could be potentially a crime. It is outrageous. They testified under oath that they were not doing those kind of things. And yet here it is, clear and day, coming from Elon Musk, releasing these documents showing internal discussions, some of them with names on them. And I hope every single one of them gets hauled into Congress. Here's a little bit of Howie Kurtz also showing that conservatives have learned in the last 24 hours, too, as we've learned, that a number of them were being suppressed. Obviously, President Trump was victim number one and clearly target number one for all the loony lefties that were working there at Twitter and their cohorts at the FBI and elsewhere. But also, many famous conservative names were also being shadow banned. Same thing, or their tweets weren't being shared. Uh, tonight showed it went all the way to the leader of the free world. But we learned yesterday that a number of them were also blocked, unbeknownst to them. They suddenly were saying, you know what? In fact, Charlie Kirk, one of them from Turning Point USA, was saying, you know, I thought it was really odd because at one point where I was questioning something and suddenly, you know, I didn't see my tweet wasn't just it wasn't going anywhere. It was just sort of sitting there and only a few people were reacting to it. And that was abnormal. And he also talked about how he even reached out to Twitter at some time. They said, oh, no, there's nothing there. Turns out there absolutely was, and there are many other names, well-known names, that also were sabotaged by Twitter at the expense of their views, at the expense of our views to be able to hear them, and also orchestrated, it looks like, all the way from Democrats and the FBI. So you wonder, was there somebody at the White House who said, hey, if you can kind of do these names, uh, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Here is Howie Kurtz reacting to all of that. This is a bombshell. Elon Musk has changed the conversation uh, with this. And, you know, it reminds me of the original thing that was being looked into here, which was the suppression by Twitter of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Now it's the suppression by a lot of other news organizations that, of course, if it was aimed at the left, they would be doing it every five minutes on the air. And, you know, what also just kind of cracks me up is the jargon that is used here Mm. between between these committees. There's the committee, then there's the super secret committee, um, such as things as de-amplification and um, uh, remediation, all just basically uh, cover words for the fact that they wanted to prevent uh, lots of ordinary folks who might be searching for Dan Bongino's name or anybody else. And one last point, which is that if you were a conservative who's complained about this, you were kind of dismissed as being conspiracy theorists. You were paranoid. You know what you were talking about. Well, it turns out those people on the right who said they were being targeted, they were right. Yeah, they were 110% right. Some of these emails tonight, to me, were, like, astounding how clear it was. Oh, met with FBI, uh, talked about this, this, and this. I mean, it is right there. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to William, line 7. William, is there any repercussions that should happen as a result of this? Your thoughts? Miss Rita, you copy? I copy you. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. um 
listen, it's wishful thinking that Biden's ever going to get impeached. It's not going to happen. Which what we got to start focusing on right now is taking back our state houses and our our county houses. Who's your county sheriff right now? That's what you got to think about because really. What this is going to lead to is it's proof that fact that all this coming out is proof that the long knives are out for the Democratic Party by the powers that be. So what this is going to lead to is if you try to do that, they're going to collapse the economy. They're going to pull the plug on the dollar. They're going to collapse the power grid. You see how they're hitting these substations? Well, it happens when 20 of them substations get hit at once. You get a blackout on the East Coast like the 1970s. Wait, what do you think that looks like now? Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, William. Who do you think is orchestrating all this? I'm a little confused who you think is the, the master manipulator of all this. Klaus Schwab, Zig Brzezinski, Bill Gates, George Soros, the World Economic Forum, the Trilateral Commission, the Bilderberg Group. Oh, so, so you up. believe? No, no, I know. I know. I am familiar with what that is. Uh, obviously, uh, Brzezinski, by the way, is no longer around. Um, but but that meeting obviously took place well before. Um, but you believe it's some sort of orchestrated effort. Look, clearly what they were doing on Twitter was orchestrated. I'll definitely give you that. It's it's frightening. Uh, the thought that our federal government, our FBI, would have such an impact on something as massive as Twitter with its millions upon millions, billions of followers um, and just the reach it has and the blatant suppression that is behind it is 1000 percent frightening. And and I think um, the thought of it is it's really an enormous thought and there has to be some repercussions. I agree with Jenna Ellis, who was on earlier, saying that there needs to be a federal investigation. These people need to be hauled before Congress and Dorsey needs to be called in. And, uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't go to the, that they're behind the blackouts. Uh, but I think that uh, they're going to be panicking awfully quickly uh, when these emails get exposed. They're, you know, they're already coming out and they do not look good for the Democrats. And they don't look good for FBI. I want to see names. I want to say who exactly. Uh, you know that there are, you know, there's got to be other messages. And guess what? You know, now that the Republicans will be in charge of the House very soon, January 3rd, they can start subpoenaing. Hey, I want to subpoena phone records. So what what a surprise. On January blank, you said this. And let's see who you texted that day. Thank you for the meeting, so-and-so at the FBI. Or thank you for the meeting, so-and-so at the White House. Boy, could that be explosive. Let's go to BJ. Uh, BJ, line four, your thoughts. Well, it's very clear that the Section 230 uh, status has been violated. Thousand percent. Um, By the way, um, yeah. BJ, remind everybody because that's basically what what gives, um, you know, high tech companies like yes. this uh, public saying that they're basically public dialogue. In other words, that they can be kind yes. of waived because they're public dialogue; they can't be held accountable. Now they have clearly they acted like our platform. yeah, they're a neutral public access basically, and they clearly weren't that. And they have all sorts of tax incentives and all sorts of uh, 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 doors are open to them that, say, a publisher of a newspaper like the New York Times or the New York Post wouldn't have. And and by the way, BJ, the most important part is they also cannot – they're also – it exempts them from being sued, too. That gives them some legal protections that they wouldn't normally have. Uh, So you're right. 
that they are immediately immune from any type of uh, uh, any type of litigation which claims that they uh, are partial. So they violated this. It's clear as day now. Now I have to say, Matt Taibbi, I'm not a big fan of, but he gets it because he's smart enough to know that once a uh, once a, a platform such as uh, as big as as Twitter can do what they're doing. They can thwart the story. They can control all of the information, everything that you get, uh, the, uh, not just in the, the news cycle, but in your financial news, everything. They can change the story, how you perceive the world. So not only uh, should he uh, be praised, but it took Elon Musk to buy this company and to pull it apart because they're not smart. They don't understand this guy, Musk. This guy, Musk, is a genius. He pulls things apart. That's how he figures how they work, and he's been doing this his whole life, and that's what he did to Twitter. He pulled it apart brick by brick to figure out what went wrong with the 20 uh, election. I believe all of these people that were banned from President Trump on down should have a class action lawsuit, too, against the people that that ran Twitter. Not only that, but other these other big tech oligarchs. That are running the world, and that's what they're doing now. They're running the world, and because they, they control all of the information that even the government relies upon them. They can look what happened to to Dan Bongino. They when he built that parlor, he was a big investor in parlor. They yanked it off of the uh, uh, the server, right, Amazon right, servers. Right. He had to build his own server. It took about two months. So this is beyond egregious, and and we need a full uh, a full board investigation, not one of these Trey Gowdy Benghazi investigations that go nowhere. We need people to be held accountable legally for what they pulled uh, because they they thwarted an election. That's what they did. It's it's quite clear they control the narrative. They they, uh, in my opinion, from what it looks like, at least what's being revealed. They thwarted the 2020 election now. Yeah, no, that's why. And that's why, you know, it's funny. I'm and, you know, I've always been I'm not like one of these uh, conspiracy or any of these things. But I think that's a safe thing to say that I do absolutely agree that they clearly suppressed information that could have helped people vote a different direction. Um, And there are. And by the way, BJ, and I've said this before, there are polls that came out. Right after the 2020 election, when suddenly, what a surprise, some of the Hunter Biden stuff was allowed to come out. And a lot of people were saying it was like five to nine percent, depending on the different polls, of how much they might not have voted for President Biden had they known some of this because he was trying to portray himself as Mr. Squeaky Clean. And so imagine now if they had been able to see other information that would have helped Trump or other things that would have been amplified. Um, that's a huge amount. And guess what? If you look at the numbers of how President Biden won, uh, it's certainly in that margin. There's no question. I mean, they absolutely uh, clearly suppressed information, amplified others, uh, deleted other information. And, you know, if you were using Twitter as your main source, uh, you really were uh, ripped off this election. You really were. And I actually think you bring up a great point. There should be a class action suit. I think it would be a powerful suit. President Trump. And whoever else feels that they didn't get the right information, you could contend it was the rest of America didn't get the right information because they everybody, you know, basically had limited access. I mean, you could have tens of millions of people joining that class action suit and demanding 
uh, that there be some recompense or something happen as a result of it. I mean, this it is it is a bombshell. I agree with you, BJ. We're going to continue, everybody, with your calls with these stunning emails leaked by Elon Musk that show clear uh, cahoots is the nice way to say it, I guess, uh, between the FBI and also Democrats and clearly people at the highest levels of Twitter to influence who you vote for and what you know. Big deal. That's coming up. It's the Rita Cosby Show. could be on the hot seat. He could be doing a lot more than jumping Jack Flash. Remember, this is what he said in 2018 when he was questioned by Congressman Mike Doyle under oath on Capitol Hill. Uh, Social media is being rigged to censor conservatives. Is that true of Twitter? No. I don't know what Twitter is up to. It sure looks like to me that they're censoring people and they ought to stop it. Uh, Are you censoring people? No. Twitter shadow banning prominent Republicans. Bad. Is that true? No. No, except now we know for sure that was incorrect. The question is, can we prove that Dorsey clearly knew? You would have to imagine he's the head of Twitter and it was so widespread. uh, He's either inept or he's lying through his teeth. And James Comer thinks it's the latter. Take a listen. Well, that's a problem because it appears that he was being dishonest to Congress and lying to Congress is is a, a very bad thing, as you know. So what I believe he will have is an opportunity to come before Congress and uh, set the record straight. Lying to Congress, by the way, is a big crime. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike. Uh, line seven, your thoughts about all this, Mike. Hey, Mike, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Yeah, hello. Yep, much uh, better. Yep, go ahead. Much better. Yeah, yeah. you have like uh, 75 million voters that got cheated out of their uh, out of their president, you know, and he needs to get they they need to give him back what lawfully belongs to him and the American people, the 75 million people. So we should all have a class action lawsuit uh, that he uh, they reinstate the lawful uh, uh uh, president that should be in office, not not these bunch of crooks, okay? And they need to be uh, uh, pushed to be stepped down. They need to step down, not impeach. The whole administration needs to step down. And if if they don't step down, then then uh, the FBI should go and arrest all of them because they they stole the election uh, and and they they tortured this human being. It's amazing that uh, Trump didn't have a heart attack like Giuliani by now. I mean, what, uh, what more could they have done? They even they even threatened to kill the guy, have like capital punishment against the guy. And I think they need to step down. If not, then uh, the FBI needs to do their job and go in and arrest all of them and then have uh, President Trump go take what lawfully belongs to him. Well, the well, the issue is two things. Obviously, Mike, first, that's hard to do because it's hard to 
figure out exactly how much of an influence. There's no doubt it had some. There's absolutely no doubt. I agree with you that it had an impact. Um, and then the other question is to find out exactly who was funneling. I think we've only gotten really the tip of the iceberg because there's got to be other emails and messages out there that clearly show uh, this person at the White House spoke to exactly this person at Twitter. We have some of that, but we need some more specifics to find out exactly who we got to you know, point the fingers at. And I've said this before. I always thought it was odd. I'm just going to throw it out here. Kamala Harris, remember during the debate where she said Trump should be suppressed on Twitter and nobody else was really talking about it. It was when she was running against Biden. And what a surprise. She got picked. What a surprise. She has ties to Silicon Valley, as does her husband. Am I on to something? It's the Rita Cosby Show. Continue now on the Rita Cosby Show on this action-packed Friday night. We're going to be talking, of course, about the Twitter files dump that basically shows Twitter was interfering in the election of 2020. They were suppressing President Trump. They were suppressing any information that also didn't look good for President Biden. They were suppressing other conservatives. Boy, it is getting ugly, and it is a bombshell And I agree with a number of you who have called who've said that there should be a class action lawsuit, that maybe Trump and his followers could do a class action lawsuit. Uh, I think there's a lot of grounds for it. Certainly big investigation should come from this. And let's start seeing all the names. We've seen some of them, and we're going to get to that in a moment, uh, because there are some big bombshells that came out just in the last few hours that are really revealing. We're also talking tonight about the fallout after the deal with the devil. And I'm talking, of course, about the U.S. trading Victor Boot, one of the world's worst, known as the merchant of death. Uh, this is the guy who is going to sadly unleash holy hell, probably on Ukraine, by getting more weaponry uh, to fight against the Ukrainians. This is what he did. Um, and so he was the trade for NBA Brittany Griner, WNBA Brittany Griner. And a lot of people are saying, how come you left Paul Whalen, a U.S. Marine, a former law enforcement guy? How come you left him behind? Well, Paul Whalen did an interview with CNN from his Russian uh, detention camp, if you will. I'm sure it's no holiday like some of our prisons are. Um, well, here is what he had to say. He just could not believe. He said he was all ready to go, thought that he would be part of this deal and was really surprised that he was not. And now he is begging President Biden to step in and try to save him. I would say that if um, a message could go to President Biden that, um, you know, this is a precarious situation that needs to be resolved quickly. And um, I would hope that he and his administration would do everything they could to get me home, um, regardless of the price they might have to pay at this point. He is really worried because he's like, listen, I thought I was going to be going home and I thought I was part of this deal. And then last minute, suddenly Brittany Griner gets out and it's for this really bad guy. Everybody's going, how lame is the negotiating team, clearly, on the Biden side? I, I find it astounding that they caved and they could have clearly gotten a lot more. I believe they could have gotten Whalen if they had a shrewd negotiator in that place. The fact that they gave up an NBA star 
who was there for a minor hashish. It was such a minor hashish oil, basically, in her suitcase uh, in return for this horrible one of the world's worst people who is now going to be fighting against Ukrainian troops, bringing in these mercenaries and hardware that is going to unleash holy hell. If I'm Zelensky tonight, I'm going, what the heck? I knew who Victor Boot was. I mean, this guy was one of the bad hombres. He was number two, by the way, on the FBI's most wanted list at one point, right underneath bin Laden. What does that tell you of who this guy is? And we traded him for somebody who had hashish oil in their suitcase. That's the best that America can do. Clearly, Russia desperately wanted this guy. The question is why. We know, look, they need his help. They want his help with what's going on in Ukraine right now. He can buy armaments around the world and help them to unleash further destruction. It is disgusting. And the fact that Whalen was left behind, shame on our American president. And now so many people are saying that what is outrageous is this has just opened the door to so many bad actors around the world grabbing Americans, coming up with some bogus thing like hashish oil or whatever it is, or jaywalking, whatever you want to create, keep them and then trade them for some of these horrible monsters because now the U.S. has sent a message that we're going to basically do that, that we will cave. And it sets such a dangerous precedent and makes Americans basically all over the globe really in danger as a result of this. This is uh, what Will Kane was saying uh, on Fox News a little earlier. Simply by making this trade, we are incentivizing bad guys to say, hey, want to get one of our ISIS comrades, our al-Qaeda comrades released from Guantanamo? Take an American hostage and see if you can negotiate an exchange with an administration like that of Joe Biden. You are trading away some semblance of American security, and therefore it's not flippant to say, what do we get in return? Yeah, if you're going to do it, and there's obviously real reservations to do it, period, but if you're going to do it and you're going to give up one of the world's worst, the guy who was right underneath bin Laden, well, then you better get a lot back in return as opposed to somebody there for hashish oil uh, just because of a lot of your woke policies. Either you're a lousy negotiator or you just don't care about Paul Whale, and in either way, it ain't good for Americans. It's really, really sad. Here's this guy. He's been there for four years at a penal colony. Do you think a Russian penal colony, like where he's like, you know, chopping quarries, you know, rocks in a quarry, that that's uh, that's fun? I mean, he is stuck there now for who knows how long. And meanwhile, Victor Boot, it made me sick today. I could see he was apparently like addressing the Russian media, gloating, saying how happy he is to be home and he can't wait to, quote, get back to work. His work is supplying terrorist organizations. His work is getting these illegal arms. His work was also incentivizing some of these, like, citizen soldiers, uh, basically these young kids to rise up and do tribal warfare against each other, some of the most brutal in Africa. That's his work. And he was smiling and gloating and toasting with champagne. It made me sick to my stomach. We're going to be taking your calls on that in just a few minutes. Meantime, we're also talking, of course, about the big bombshell tonight that came out vis-a-vis Elon Musk. And it's called Twitter Files 3. And I think it's his biggest dump that he has done so far because, boy, is it revealing some bombshells. And here is just a little bit, because in the last 24 hours, we found out, first off, that indeed they were Twitter. They were censoring. We're talking about Twitter. 
that they were definitely censoring a number of key individuals, a number of key conservatives. And that included, you know, talk show hosts. It included just a variety of people. And it actually, interestingly, also stretched all the way to doctors. Now, this is really fascinating. In the middle of all this, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, he was on a lot of different media and he came out, you know, fairly early on and said, you know what? I have some serious questions about in particular giving the vaccine to young kids and some of these policies about masking. I have questions about. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about the effects of vaccines. There's a lot of issues. He is a bona fide doctor. He lives, you know, he works in Stanford at Stanford University. I mean, he's a highly accredited, capable doctor. Turns out he was one of the people that was also suppressed. They suppressed his information saying the science isn't there to necessarily give young people vaccines. The science maybe isn't there in terms of the masking. Some of these things have rung true. But at the time, because he didn't go with what Dr. Fauci was saying, suddenly his messages were getting suppressed. How scary is that? Think about the impact. I mean, think about there could be people out there. We talked about people suing on behalf of Trump. Um, and feeling like they themselves had information that was suppressed or that they weren't given all the information to vote intelligently in the 2020 election because Twitter suppressed it. Imagine if you wanted to look at the science behind this guy just because you didn't agree with it. And, you know, Fauci was flipping and flopping. It wasn't like he was clear either. But if anybody spoke out against him, a lot of them were being suppressed. How sad is that? There may, what if somebody like died or somebody got seriously ill? Because they followed somebody else's advice and couldn't see this guy's advice. This, to me, is downright scary. I feel like we're living in, like, a a communist country. I feel like we're living in China. I mean, this is something that China would do. And this is Dr. Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford reacting to when he found out that he was on that blacklist. It feels like some novel from the 1950s where um, the House Un-American uh, you know, committee is like meeting to to, uh, to decide uh, who to who to suppress. And, and I, I'm some sort of like movie star from in Hollywood that they're blacklisting because I'm a communist or something. Uh, it's ridiculous. And it really hurt public health. If we'd had an open discussion, Laura, the schools would not have closed in the fall of 2020. If we had an open discussion, the lockdowns would have been lifted much earlier because the data and evidence behind them was so bad. Twitter, by suppressing scientific discussion, harmed science, harmed children, and harmed the American public. Uh, and I really do wonder uh, how I ended up on a black. I joined Twitter in 2021, in September 2021. Who, who told Twitter to put me on a blacklist? I really want to know. Really frightening stuff. And now in the last few hours, we're getting details of some of the conversations that happened in Twitter. Now, listen to this one. This is another piece of information. The Hunter Biden stuff was deleted. This is a tweet uh, that Elon Musk revealed. It's from December 9th, 2022, okay, uh, from today, showing essentially a tweet that happened basically right around the time of the 2020 election, all right? And it says, quote, this post about the Hunter Biden laptop situation. This is the assessment from Barry Weiss, who was one of the journalists who was looking at all the different records and emails that came out just a few hours ago. And a recent post, she says, shows that the Hunter Biden laptop situation shows that Roth, who was one of these guys, one of the senior guys at Twitter, not only met weekly with the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security, but with the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. I mean, there it is. 
met weekly with all of these parties. And this is Joel Roth, who is one of the senior guys at Twitter. And Joel Roth is a very familiar name. Uh, Joe Concha talks about some of the controversial tweets he himself did at one point. They were made at the top, it appears. Maybe not so much by Jack Dorsey, who it appears more the inmates right below him were running the asylum. One such person, for instance, his name is Joel Roth, and he served as something called the head of site integrity. So basically he could decide ultimately what is seen and what is not seen. And he tweeted shortly after the Trump administration took office that we have, quote, actual Nazis in the White House Unquote. So, yeah, that's just the person uh, that that should be handling uh, this sort of thing. What obviously he is completely and totally biased in these situations. And remember, as we were just saying, that this is supposed to be a public forum, which is part of the reason that they got exemptions from being sued and a whole bunch of other stuff, that it was supposed to be an open forum where people could openly discuss and they wouldn't take a political side. That was basically the criteria they had to live by. And boy, I think they blew that one times 5,000. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sandra, line five. Sandra, your thoughts about all of this and the impact now that we're hearing tonight on how people voted or didn't vote in the 2020 election for Trump. Good evening. You know what I'm thinking? First of all, everything Donald Trump said is happening. And I'm thinking there's a God above. And God works in mysterious ways. And maybe, maybe all this is starting to come now to help Trump. Like that man said earlier, poor Donald Trump, what they've done to him, it's awful. And it breaks my heart every day. So God, maybe. So my question to you, Rita, is do you think that people who are starting to move away from Donald Trump because of the media and all the, all the baggage and stuff, maybe when they start to hear this stuff, they're going to come back to Trump? That's what I'm hoping. I actually think you're right, because I think it certainly makes uh, him sympathetic. And think about how ma- how badly they wanted to undermine this guy. I mean, you know, think about everything that uh, two impeachments. OK, you got the January 6th out there. Then they uh, you know raided his compound over documents that in the past were never, you know, something that you would raid a uh, former president's home over. I mean, the just the the way that they handle that. And now we find out. Uh, big tech was making a clearly concerted effort to undermine him. I, I don't know of any other president in American history or even candidate in American history that's ever had to deal with all of these things at the same time. I mean, it is extraordinary. And I do think you're right. It, it actually validates so much of what he said. I mean, he's like, look, they were spying on me. Yes, they were. Uh, they were trying to subvert the election. Maybe some of the things he said, uh, in terms of some of the other ones, maybe we're not sure on that. But in terms of subverting the election, you could contend, talk about the ultimate subversion, deciding what you can hear and what you can't hear. I mean, you go to China, they tell you, uh, put your, uh, you're voting for number one, because uh, there's no two, three, or four on the ballot. And that's basically what they were trying to do here is like, you definitely only want to vote for Biden. Uh, there's nothing negative in his background. No Hunter Biden. I don't know what you're talking about. And Trump really isn't out there that much. He's not really, you know, it's like, think about just how they were really weighing the scales clearly for Biden. And this is such a blatant, I mean, this, this to me is like a communist country. And that's what frightens me. It really, to me, this is one of the most, I think one of the biggest breaches I've heard in American history of the First Amendment. And it is outrageous. So to your point, uh, I think it does make Trump much more sympathetic. I think you can say in many ways he was right about so many of the things he said. 
And I can't wait to hear his response to all of this. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. sure there's maybe centerfolds but they're not angels that's for sure based on the information we're getting and this big massive dump that just came out from elon musk and this is really astounding this to me just encapsulates. i want to i want to show one of the tweets that came out tonight and this is from matt taibbi who is uh, the investigative journalist who was part of sort of this first dump, sort of a neutral party for Elon Musk to go through the emails and the internal communications at Twitter. And remember, Twitter's maintained, oh, we didn't shadow ban anybody. The only reason we we actually banned Trump was because of January 6th. And this blatantly shows that that is a lie. Take a listen here. This is an assessment from Matt Taibbi. It says, quote, Twitter executives removed Trump in part over what one executive called the context surrounding actions by Trump and supporters over the course of the election and, frankly, the last four-plus years. Uh, In the end, they looked at a broad picture, but that approach can cut both ways. That is astounding. In other words, the assessment is from all the emails and internal communications that now Elon Musk is putting out for the world to see, it shows that Twitter just had it out for Trump. And from day one of his presidency felt he should be banned because they just didn't like him. They were a whole bunch of Democrats, probably 90, 95 or 99 percent are Democrats. And they just wanted him gone and that they were also coordinating with the FBI, DHS and the Defense Intelligence Agency. That is a bombshell. The highest levels of our intelligence community colluding with Twitter to suppress Trump and finally kick him off no matter what the case 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota, line four. Dom, your thoughts? Yeah, Rita, I think Elon Musk is smart. He's exposing of the controversial tweets may have a dual purpose. One, maybe to portray Twitter as the leader of the pack for free speech among a cesspool of online predators. Just think about the other gorillas in the room, Amazon, Facebook, Google, and Apple. These companies probably control almost 100% of the online traffic. So by exposing the collusion tweets, he's being proactive and, and probably giving the FCC an excuse not to come after him once everybody's attention starts focusing on the other online monopolies. Oh, that's an, oh, that's an yeah. interesting point. And also, you yeah. know, maybe maybe trying to show I'm not part of this. Maybe he thought it might be coming out some other way and it's a way to like cover his behind. But and also I, I actually do believe 
I think if you're an owner of a company like this and you see it, you go, oh, God, I got to get this out there, you know? Yeah, yeah, he's being proactive. And uh, to me, the icing on the cake might be for Musk to hire Corinne Jean-Pierre as public relations officer. Oh, boy. He could do better. He could. He should get circle back sake. At least she, at least she knows how to circle, Dom. <laughs> Dom, thank yeah. you very much. You're a sweetheart. We always love hearing from you. Andrew, let's go to you, line one. Andrew, your thoughts. Hey, what's up, Reed? Andrew, what do you think, you my friend? I think you were right about the lawsuits, and you did make one mistake when Trump, you said Liz Cheney cut out when he said um, go peacefully and patriotically. She did. That was from the speech before the before the riot, but actually on Twitter, too, after he he made a video and he said, go peacefully home, leave, respect the police, and they took the video down quickly. So his last his last uh, video was very, you know, diffused the situation. Everyone go home, and you know, live, you know, live to fight another day in the courts. Yeah, and and, boy, and by the way, Andrew, boy, boy, did they try to take everything out of context, Andrew? To your point, um, because it was like selective editing, and now we're finding out that it wasn't even really January sixth that they just didn't like him. They were looking for reasons. They were even internally discussing, by the way, that they may not have had grounds to be suppressing him. And Mark, they had this kind of code language that was on his account and a whole bunch of other accounts. But to do it to the leader of the free world, outrageous. We're going to talk about Brittany Griner after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a beautiful story from Jamestown, New York, where U.S. Army Private First Class Thomas A. Tedesco was honored at the Fenton Historical Center in Jamestown yesterday for his military service during World War II. He bravely and selfishly went off to war when his nation called upon him, putting his own life at risk in order to defeat tyranny. He was born in 1924 And in 1943, he was drafted into the U.S. Army Enlisted Reserve Corps and reported for active duty at Old Fort Niagara. One week later, he was sent then to England on December 12th. Um, Then he was sent to several different places around the world. In honor of his outstanding service, Senator George Borrello presented Tedesco with the Bronze Star Medal, the fourth highest individual military award for valor, also the American Campaign Medal, and more, including the World War II Victory Medal, the Combat Infantry Badge, and also the Honorable Service Lapel Button. It was packed with citizens and also family members and others And the senator said today was our opportunity to let this great American know that our community and nation are immensely grateful for his courageous service and how beautiful he was there to see himself be appreciated. And what a great message it is to all of our greatest generation. You know, I love our World War II heroes. I love all of our veterans and especially also their family members who love and support them. Well, because of that, I am so angry when I see Paul Whelan, a former U.S. Marine, who is still stuck there over there in Russia. He is at a penal colony, uh, probably uh, chopping uh, rocks in a quarry. 
And I'm sure it's not a pretty place. He has been accused, of course, as espionage, as we know. He's been serving already four years. It's a 16-year sentence. He says it was all set up. He said, I'm, I'm totally innocent. Um, and he thought he was going to get out. I mean, that's what's so heartbreaking. Now, we know uh, there was clearly, I think, it's been described. The New York Post has a cover today, and it says, Deal with the Devil. And that's a perfect title because the Biden administration freed Brittany Griner, the WNBA star uh, who had the hashish oil. She got out. Um, and it was exchanged for this Victor Boot, the merchant of death, this guy who's like one of the worst of the worst people in the world. And a lot of people are saying that's the best you could do, that, you know, she shouldn't have been, I don't think, even behind bars. She shouldn't have brought hashish oil to a country because she had been playing there, by the way. Um, I don't like the fact that she didn't want to stand for the national anthem. There's a whole bunch. I, I hope when she got back to America, and I don't know this yet, we know that she had to go to Brook Army Medical Center for medical tests and and uh, physical tests. I hope she kissed the ground, and I hope she saluted that damn flag. I hope that she looked at that flag and said, I love you, America. I am so blessed to be an American. Thank God I'm an American. And boy, was I wrong when I, like, criticized the anthem or criticized was kneeling. Um, but I am happy that she's home, 1,000%. I'm glad. I don't think she should have ever been behind bars. I think it was outrageous. Uh, they clearly were trumping up charges. But are you kidding me? There are so many people today that are just stunned and disgusted that this is the best that the Biden administration could do is get a WNBA star uh, out in exchange for one of the world's worst suppliers of terrorists, somebody who was conspiring to kill Americans, someone who was working with rogue regimes, supplying them with anti-aircraft missiles, I mean, this is really serious stuff, this Victor Boot. And now he is free. He was toasting. There was images of him kind of hanging out and toasting and cheering in Russia. And I am happy Brittany Griner is home. Um, I don't, again, it's terrible what happened to her. She was clearly like in the middle of being used as a political pawn. But um, the fact that this is all the Biden administration, this, he should have gotten both of them. Biden should have gotten both of them out in exchange for this bad guy. I'm not even sure this bad guy should have ever seen the light of day. Uh, this guy is an, an absolute monster. But still, if you're going to do it, you better get at least something great back in return. We have the worst negotiator, I think, uh, whether it was Biden or the people underneath him. However it happened, he got suckered. But here is Brittany Griner on the flight home. And it's great to at least see that she's free. What's your mood? Happy. <laughs> well, are you ready for one flight? Uh, yes. Yeah. Good. Do you know where you're heading to? No. No? No. no. You're flying back home. Uh, to the U.S. To the U.S. Yes, of course. Of course. Of course. Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. That voice made me think like, oh, I hope I touch down. So I am glad that she did make it and I'm glad that she's okay. But my heart just breaks for Paul Whalen. This is, of course, the former U.S. Marine, former law enforcement. He is still stuck there in Russia and wondering what happened. He thought he was getting out. Take a listen. I have to say I'm greatly disappointed that more has not been done to secure my release. Yeah. especially as the four-year anniversary of my arrest is coming up, 
I was arrested for a crime that never occurred. I'm happy that Brittany is going home today and that Trevor went home when he did. But I don't understand why I'm still sitting here. My bags are packed. I'm ready to go home. I just need an airplane to come and get me. I just need somebody to come and get me. Can you imagine now we just gave up like the big fish and his brother, David, is wondering, oh, do we have any leverage? Do we have anybody we can bargain for? Uh, you know, my brother, who's been there for four years, Brittany Griner's only been there a few months. And this is what Paul Whelan's brother had to say. When Paul was initially arrested, we knew that the uh, Russian government was looking for uh, Konstantin Yaroshenko and Victor Boot to come home. And uh, Mr. Yaroshenko went home when Trevor Reed came back uh, in April. And Mr. Boots has now gone home, and uh, we know that the U.S. government has gone through a long list of other concessions that it would be willing to make to Russia to bring Paul home, and uh, they were all declined. So uh, it, it's almost like the uh, the uh, cash register is empty. So I'm not sure uh, what next uh, the U.S. government will find in order to bring Paul home. I'm sure that they will, um, but, it, uh, you know, it's a, it's a process of almost starting over again. How sad. How sad. And they have been trying for years upon years and we just gave up again uh, the big, big get uh, for a woman with hashish oil who came well before a former U.S. Marine. It makes me sick to my stomach. I think both of them should have gotten out. Um, and I don't want to see anybody stuck there. God forbid. And now Pete Hegseth and a number of other people are coming out um, and saying that this basically makes us look so weak because we clearly got uh, the short end of the stick. That's a nice way to say it. We got screwed. We really did. I mean, we got like, we got nothing. We got like lemonade and they got caviar, you know? I mean, this is really bad. And so he said what it essentially does, and I agree with him, this basically puts Americans at risk all over the world. Because now, now you think about any rogue regime, you know, like uh, Iran or North Korea or something, they're going to try to get Americans bust them on something small like a hashish or whatever it is, and then use that and say, hey, listen, um, you know, Victor Boot, this world's worst guy, was exchanged for Brittany Griner. Uh, you know, Brittany Griner, we got to basically get the same kind of a trade. If you want to get uh, Bob, who just got busted for hashish over here, uh, we're going to suddenly need uh, some of maybe the guys in Gitmo. I mean, you can see where this is going. This is a really dangerous path. And this is what uh, Pete Hegseth had to say. This was a terrible deal. The Russians, Russians got everything that they wanted, one of the worst guys on the planet, and we got a professional athlete back. And, and they can try to spin it all they want on the podium. It makes us look weak. It makes us look feckless. It empowers any other regime to want to find a way uh, to gain leverage with the United States because maybe we'll give in to a bad deal. Yeah, it looks really bad. And here is Mark Esper. He's the former defense secretary saying that this basically put a bounty on every American around the world now. You put a higher value of premium on Americans. And if you look over the last 10 years, at least, uh, there are nearly three dozen Americans being held uh, illegally by other countries and state sponsored more so now than compared to 20 years ago. So China, Russia, Iran, Venezuela, others. And the concern is the more you do these swaps, the more you uh, uh, cite this issue, the more you put a premium on Americans' heads. Really scary stuff. Uh, let's go to Bill on line eight. The number's 1-800-848-9222. Go ahead, Bill. Hey, Rita. You know, this was almost done out of spite because Putin 
now this guy can turn around, Bout can turn around to Putin as a thank you and help arm a an attack on us. And we won't be able to say anything. We're going to get the big stick then, Rita. We're going to get the big maranga because we asked for it. We let this guy out. And, as a, and Putin is fuming at us. He is so angry at us. He would love to hit us so hard. And we totally deserve it because we let this dude who is totally capable of doing that, you know, we, we basically set it in motion. I know. So and that, you, know, that, you know what I said also, Bill, too? I thought about Ukraine. Think about the people in Ukraine right now. If I'm like Zelensky and those people who are fighting with everything they've got, and now we unleash this guy who you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, that they're going to put America in the bullseye. He's clearly going to put Ukraine in the bullseye. I mean, how scary is that? I mean, this is like, like we are spending, you know, billions upon billions and billions of dollars going over to Ukraine, and now we just release the world's one of the world's top arms dealers for Russia? I mean, are we nuts, Bill? Putin is still talking about nuclear weapons today. Yeah. And this is how angry he is. So this would be the perfect thing. And, you know, Russia, Putin thinks like that. He's a very spiteful little guy. And he that would be exactly what he would do. And this dude looks like a total James Bond villain. I'm telling you. Oh, he does. Scary looking dude. He does. He looks like one of the guys, like exactly like in James Bond or like in Expendables. Like, you know, the guy, like when you get into the cave and the one who's sitting there going, okay, well, which nuclear armament am I going to hit? Button three, four. I mean, this guy looks crazy kooky and, and he was laughing all his, his whole flight home. I mean, it made me sick to my stomach. He was toasting with the champagne and caviar, you know, and he's being celebrated today in Russia. And then the other thing, Bill, too, Putin also came out, just what you said. Putin came out today and said, I'm open now, me, Putin, to more deals. And otherwise, why wouldn't he be open to more deals? He just got the best deal in the world. So, hey, suckers, if you want to do it again for somebody else, I'm ready. I mean, that is this is really bad stuff. Uh, Bill, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Alex, line six. Alex, your thoughts from California. Thank you for taking my call. As an adult, uh, Brittany Griner made the decision to go voluntarily made the decision to go to Russia after deciding the financial reward outweighed the risk to her own life. Therefore, she should pay the cost of her liberation from a Russian prison, not the American public. And that means that she should be forced by the American government to forfeit all the financial gain that she obtained in Russia and donate it to the American government so that they, the government can use it for the American public. Now, wait, let me, though, ask you, I'm confused. How do you think she got financial gain being, you're talking about playing. You're not talking about the arrest because clearly there's no gain on the arrest. Um, but right. She went there to play basketball. She went there to play basketball because she felt she would earn uh, a lot of money. Right. And that, that money outweighed the risk to her own life. She had adequate warning of the dangers in Russia from the website of the State Department. So everyone knows the dangers there. But she made a decision on her own to do this. And and also, by the way, Alex, she also went back and forth, too. She had been to Russia before. This wasn't her first trip to Russia. So you could make the case that she even more so was aware of the rules. Um, um, but that's kind of hardcore, Alex. You know, that's like, uh, you know, I mean, don't you think they also were clearly inflating the charges against her? I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, come on. You know, I, I do agree with you. When you're in those foreign countries, you play by their rules. And God forbid a war breaks out, you know, in the middle of all this, because remember the war broke out end of February. She gets busted right before that. Uh, it was bad timing, needless to say. 
Uh, but they clearly exaggerated the charges against her, don't you think, Alex? I mean, come on, they clearly were making, you know, using her for an example. I don't doubt that they exaggerated, exaggerated the charges. However, she made a decision to go to this kind of country. And there have been other Americans who made similarly bad decisions. So people who make bad decisions like this shouldn't treat this as a game that somehow the American public is going to pay the cost if they ever get in trouble. So you make the decision to go to a, a, a country like Russia or China, you pay the cost if you're ever liberated by the American government. The American public should not pay the cost. I think that's the appropriate thing. If this situation happened involving people in Japan, the Japanese public would expect that a, that a Japanese who made such a poor decision to go to a, a country where they had been forewarned not to go to, that that the Japanese public will expect the, the these these idiots to to pay back the, the Japanese government for making such a bad decision. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I hear what you're saying because you know you're right. You know it's been sort of treated like it's uh, like uh, squeaky clean. And it opens up some really interesting points. And, yes, yeah, she should have been more careful. Again, I think, obviously, clearly uh, they were inflating everything against this woman and she was being used. Um, but I, I, the one thing I, I also said, Alex, and we haven't heard yet, uh, surely when she landed, you know, at uh, she's at Brook Army Medical Center, there's got to be American flags all over the place. She better be standing for that American flag the rest of her life, Alex. You know what I mean? She better be kissing the ground. Go ahead. Your thoughts on that? She should apologize to the American public and say, I voluntarily surrender all my financial gains from Russia. I made a bad decision, and I'm willing to pay the cost of my bad decision, accept responsibility as an adult for it. Really powerful stuff. Good, Interesting points, Alex. Uh, we're going to take your calls when we come back, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. You heard Alex said, Alex said that she should be paying for everything, the transport coming back, the profits that she made basically over there because she wasn't getting paid that much in America. The WNBA doesn't get paid like LeBron James and the guys do. So she was getting paid a lot more over there. Uh, but because she knew the rules and she broke them, she should be doing some reimbursement right now. What are your thoughts? 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. A little Jackson 5 here on the Rita Cosby Show in the remaining minutes here of Friday night. By the way, I hope all of you have an awesome weekend. And I am glad that Brittany Griner's home and having a good weekend in America. But a lot of questions about that trade with the old merchant of death. Let's go to David, uh, line 7. David, your thoughts about this? Yes, good evening, Rita. Um, two things. First off, this Russian individual that was traded, he was going to be released in six years and deported back to Russia anyway because his sentence was going to be up. Right. So it's not like we were going to keep him forever. And Brittany was sentenced to nine years in that Russian labor camp. Okay, so let's let's be clear about that. Well, and well, hang on, hang on. I'll let you go further, but the, but let me just explain, David. He had already served a bit of time too. Um, so just to be aware, and six years is an awful long time to keep one of the world's worst off the streets, especially when Russia and Ukraine are fighting so brutally. And so, it's you know, think about what the Ukrainian people are going through. I'm sure they'd love to have the merchant of death uh, be behind bars, especially right now at this point in the war. But go ahead. Okay. Now, the other thing is about Paul Wieland. 
you keep referring to him as a former Marine, which he is, but he is actually, he was discharged dishonorably and court-martialed for fraud, larceny, Social Security, stealing someone's Social Security number. And I heard this on the internet, and I didn't believe it. So I contacted the reporter at the Detroit Press who put this out, and she confirmed it. Okay, this was put out in 2019 when he was arrested. Okay, so this is not some saint, and we still don't know what he was doing in Russia. He supposedly was there for a wedding, which he did not attend. He brought $80,000 in cash to Moscow. So we still don't know exactly what he was doing. So let's not, you know, say that Britney was this horrible person for bringing in a couple of uh, vaping cartridges of, of marijuana. And this guy was in Russia doing godly knows what. He was, a, he was dishonorably discharged. And anyone can look this up. The woman's name who did this, she's the... the no, I've seen... And by the way, I, ha, I have seen reports. My question to you is, you... He says it was all a setup, especially about the charges of espionage, okay? And I don't think Brittany, by the way, was a bad person. I actually think... I think she had hashish oil in her suitcase. Uh, very minor, obviously, in America. It would have been, you know, whatever. Alvin Bragg would have, like, you know, uh, celebrated with her. You know, you kidding me? Um, you know, I, I agree. I don't think she should have been there, and I think it's terrible. But the the principles of prisoner trades are usually always to go by the person that's been there the longest. And clearly, they see him as a prize because they see him as clearly as he is, a former Marine, discharge or not, he was also law enforcement for 15 years, by the way, in Michigan. You may not be aware of that. Um, so this is a guy who clearly has done a lot of stuff to help our country, okay? Um, and yet he is still there four years so far, and he has a 16-year sentence. And I'm sure it's not going to be a nice next 12 years uh, in a penal colony in Russia. Uh, not that they were treating her well, but, I mean, I my contend David, that both of them should have gotten out. That's what I mean. I find it's outrageous. And I think I think you have to admit this administration did a lousy job of just getting her out uh, with this other guy who is the world's worst. Go ahead. What's your response? All right. Listen, the Russians, what they want and what they're probably going to end up getting, because this guy was convicted, whether it was trumped up or not, which it probably was. For espionage, they're going to want someone convicted of spying, not necessarily in this country, but maybe in Germany or England or France. And that's what's going to end up happening. It's going to take time. But I believe by the end of this administration, Mr. Whelan will be back in the United States. Well, I hope you're right, by the way, that he does get back home. I mean, that is the most important thing. Uh, David, thanks so much. Um, let's go to let's go to Stan real quick. Sorry, Stan, line two. Go ahead, Stan. Did a, oh, David hit it right on the head. I'm going on with I'm not even going to say it. He was right on everything. You didn't mention it all the last two days of what is of his record or what happened. David had to tell you. No, you no, I actually, I actually, no, I actually saw it a few hours ago. If you really want to know, Stan, and guess what? It still doesn't matter. If somebody said to me that Brittany Griner uh, has a rest record, I don't think she does, but I'm just saying it. It doesn't make a difference. He clearly was a Marine, which was factually correct. He clearly was a law enforcement person. Stan, what, you think he deserves to rot in a Russian prison? No, Is that where no, you're coming nobody, from? Nobody deserves to rot. But let me tell you something. Had they given him up for him, it was, still would have made a difference. The guy would have gone back. 
He, so what was the difference whether you got one or the other? The Russian boot would have still gone back. I contend we should have gotten both. I have a bad, I don't like the guy to be out, period, to be honest with you. But I also hate to think of Americans rotting in prison, especially on fake trumped-up charges. I think they clearly should have gotten both of them. If you're going to get this world's worst person, let's at least get two Americans. And let's also hope Brittany Griner appreciates coming back to America. And let's hope that David's right and that Waylon's home soon. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 